Welcome, everybody. This is Venus FM. Um, I'm Zio, known as Hyperfem, an artist and writer based in Houston, Texas. And I'm Prick Wolf, a writer and artist living in Houston, Texas. Uh, we're back to do this fun little show again. If you are joining us for the first time, um, a quick rundown is every week we get together and pick a category and we come up with our faithful songs. Not our top four, but our faithful. Faithful. We put them in our playlist and we talk about all the beautiful things that happen because Venus FM, of course, is a show about music and all the memories that come with it. Mm-hmm. Last episode was cute, provocative, you know, so scandalando. <laughs> we talked about songs that we would peg men to, and that was, I had a lot of fun recording that. I loved your playlist. I loved your picks. Um, and we got some cute feedback on that. So uh, do you want to tell us what your uh, honorary mention was? Um, yeah, someone DM'd me on Instagram talking about uh, a song that got left off. It's kind of an obvious choice, but juveniles back that ass up. Period. Yeah. Oh, period. No, <laughs> no. And they're absolutely right. Oh, girl, what you doing Want you back that ass up? <laughs> Imagine telling that nigga that. Nigga, what you doing Want you back that yeah. ass up? You a big motherfucker. Uh, and I know Juvenile would approve, so thank you. <laughs> Shout out to our, our mystery friend there. For me, someone actually like hit me on Twitter and gave me something like way, way, way out of pocket, but I kind of like it. Uh, <laughs> it's... Okay, it's mostly uh, because of the video, but it's Katana by Princess Nakia. And it kind of fits with, like, the second half of my playlist because it's really, like, a fighting, like, beat-down song. But, like, her energy in that video, I don't mm. know if you've ever seen yeah, it. She was really- the tomboy, like period like all the all that's missing is a strap and i can see it like an energy like she was really giving my strap is so fertile I'm oh like, my god i'm just a little fairy i was just about to make a fertile strap <laughs> yes with her three foot inch strap <laughs> bitch i was just about to make a fertile joke i was yeah, about to say you're just too fertile now to ever strap anything <laughs> my pussy soaked she ain't never strapping again but uh i thought it was even though that was kind of like out of the left field i like that i like that you guys are feeling the energy and that you guys are listening so thank you so much this week we're switching it around again i'm so sorry (laughs) um um, this week we're going even deeper into our our souls and our hearts and our interests uh we're talking about something our most period our emotions we're talking about something very near and dear to the both of us officially the dream war tour lineup we we decided to go with this for several different reasons uh including of course the iconic iconic uh war tour um as our main reference which i never got to go to i'm still i've been to at least four, and you've lived four five yes i'm you proud sir four, four five a kid lived like i really need to reparent in that way i think it's like actually is it it closed down right i think so um but yes like war tour like iconic for those who aren't familiar it's like a very iconic like pop punk uh, i'm gonna say summer festival yeah basically like 
machines and, <laughs> and young adults yeah. and skaters and Vans was really moving in there deep. I feel like the war tour is a really big reason why Vans became like a thing because I feel like everybody started wearing that after that really started kicking up. It's like anybody who was iconic um, in pop punk and emo got to play and there are some legendary like lineups from Back in the Gap. So we started thinking about what our dream lineups would look like. Um, that was kind of like an interesting thing for me to do because first of all I realized that my understanding of emo is a lot more narrow than yours I really had to like think about like okay who was I legitimately listening to who I would have loved to see live when I was like 14 Mm -hmm. um and I was like damn I only listened to like maybe 40% of what counts as like emo yeah yeah because I was like looking it up I was like okay what because not you know Virgo I was like what is it like what are we really talking about because my playlist changed a little bit since the last time we did this like uh, originally it was just like all Fall Out Boy and My Cam which is still on there and I don't play myself but I really started to think about like other stuff that I was really listening to around that time um, it was still pretty cute because it was a lot of nostalgia I was like damn like a part of that was kind of reparenting too because it was like this is what I would legitimately spend money on if I, if I was at the chance of a teenager if you ever got to go to war, you're blessed. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, emo music reminds me of just, like, being passionate about something and sharing that passion with uh, a bunch of other teenagers. So, <laughs> you know, yes. it, it holds its place in time. Um, pop punk is resurging. It's a little different now. <laughs> yes, it looks cute. Because pop like punk it. is post-emo, and emo yes. is post-hardcore. Yes. Um, Give us history. Because <laughs> I definitely didn't know that second part. But well, yes. yeah, yeah, like pop punk would be like forever sickest kids. I remember mm-hmm, I watched them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're from Dallas, uh, and like that kind of techno-y uh, mix music that was like mixed with rock music that came after emo. Yeah, yeah, um, that was fun. If you weren't ready for that, you kind of missed out because yeah. that pop punk like stretch was so much fun, so cute. I feel like everybody like the emo and pop punk like intertwined a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, not to cut you off. Yeah, I kind of like it's funny that you say forever the sickest kids too because I feel like that's the furthest back I can remember as far as like that style of music becoming popular because um, I wasn't there for like the scene part which is like MySpace adjacent you know oh like Hollywood Undead yeah yeah I was not there for any of that so I feel like I came in towards the end and when that was kind of kind of like tapering off and emo was starting to get really popular and forever the sickest kids was like one of the first artists i remember being like oh this is big and new and different even though forever sickest kids is not on my playlist um but yes like i definitely agree emo was a f- one of the first few like things hobby interests that i was like severely passionate yeah. it's it's definitely the first music that i found for myself like that mm-hmm. my parents didn't introduce me to it wasn't on the radio i had to like search it out and then like you know just you having a shirt of a band like now you can identify people who you want to be friends with or they'll like they'll identify themselves and be like oh yeah i like your shirt and so you have this shared thing where it's a bit different now because uh we find music differently so when you like had to go and study and find bands and all that it was a little bit more special i think for sure for sure it's different when the algorithm isn't like suggesting it to you and i love for me part of it too was like the online community 
because once you found it, you also like the community was so, um, especially across like Tumblr and LiveJournal and all those blogging sites, there was like a real built-in community that was kind of focused on these bands and following their music. It was like, it's definitely like levels to this shit for sure. Um, so I think getting into this is going to make it super special and I can't wait to get started. Let's do it. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Again, the, the category is Dream Warped Her Lineup. We're going to go back and forth. Pure. Naming uh, a song until we each have done four. Yes. Um, I don't know that I've filled with this one, um, but I feel like it's a classic. Every time I hear it, anytime I feel like anybody hear it, hears it, it's just like that girl um i'll admit that i'm not the biggest or like the most well first say anything fan i'm not uh i know like maybe like a cute little bop here or there of which this song is one (laughs) it's uh alive with the glory of love That's how not well-versed I am. He put his foot in these lyrics. That white man wrote his ass off for this song, okay? Like, it took me... I remember hearing it for the first time, and it took me a couple spins to realize that it's a it's about a love story in fucking, like, 1940s Germany. Like, literally writing about, like, having an entire new, fun love affair. And he makes the song... Like, they make the song sound so exciting about, you know, being in love and discovering something new and... Um, with a person in the middle of literally fucking hell. So I love how like grand it is. It's got like the multi-layer choruses um, and they're singing their ass off. And it's just like a fun, it's a fun fucking song to belt in your car, which I've done many times. Like they truly, I feel like as far as like emo hits go, this is like loosely related. I have always loved a, a stadium ballad. I've always loved a song that sounds like it would just sound so good in the stadium. I think that's why I liked uh, My Kemp's third album a lot. And um, as I'll talk a little bit later. And I just feel like I would totally love to hear this song live. So Say Anything would definitely have to be on my lineup. Yeah, I love Say Anything. I've seen them probably seven times. I was really <laughs> obsessed with them in college. Uh, uh, somewhere there exists a picture of me with a very angry face, Max Bemis, because uh, oh. uh, we were at an Isley show which is he's married to the, the uh, one of the women in that in that band and we saw him upstairs like oh my god I got a picture with you I'm obsessed and he was so angry he took a picture but oh, he yeah. got the grumpiest face I've ever seen <laughs> so yeah uh, I love saying anything shout out Max Bemis yeah. <laughs> thank you for the picture um, yeah he's kind of a hater I feel <laughs> he gives me hater energy oh no but I love saying anything I'm still a big fan yeah, um, that pen still go crazy so yeah uh, so, uh, I think my favorite, my dream lineup already existed, but I didn't get to see it. Flex. But I didn't, I didn't get to see it. It was 2005, I was 14, I didn't get to see it. I went in 2006. That's probably the one with Michael Romans. Oh, all of them back And Fall Boy and Gym Class Heroes, so they probably did Cupid's Chokehold with Patrick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I didn't make it to that one, but I did go to 2006, which was still pretty amazing. Um. Who was on that? Motion City. Uh, 
Paramore with the cherry right oh, here. So, yeah, like, emergency. Yes. Uh, yes. That so, era. buy a hydrant here. Yeah. Period. I think she was, like, 17. Yeah, she was a baby. Yeah. Um, Shout out Haley Bloom. But, uh, so, the, the band that I have on this list, actually, I did see them one year. It was the year that uh, it flooded in Houston, so they actually had to do it the next day. This was when Riot would have come out. So, hey, Paramore was supposed to be there, but they had to leave because of the flood or whatever. This was Paramore when she... She, when Haley had the orange hair with the yellow streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Iconic. So, Riot. But, um, Riot era. But the band, I did get to see them, and they were so slept on this band, but they're still one of my favorite emo bands. Uh, the starting line, and the song I'm going to use is Bedroom Talk. I got the talk when I was younger And understood As I recall the fan of the singer Kenny Vasoli. He had like this side project called Person L that I really like too. I don't think I don't know if anybody else was really feeling that, but I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, this song like I like the I love the album Say Like You Mean It. So that was two thousand two, um, and I just remember like seeing the video and this this boy is just like I'm gonna tear your ass up and I'm excuse me what do you say? So <laughs> I was hooked from then. Yeah, it's a whole song about him like losing his their they're losing their virginity together. Let's and, tear like, your ass up. You Who know, taught him that? I don't know, but that <laughs> was two thousand two when he was using it. I was like. Oh, um, and they also have a really good uh, J-Lo cover. Um, what song is uh, um, Oh my gosh. Take your time. I need to hear it. <laughs> um, I'm real. Yes, I'm real. Okay, I'll play it later. I like that. I play that. My name is Zeno Hamiel. It's good. <laughs> so my next one classic band uh maybe a classic hit maybe like an underground i don't really know if people were feeling this album as much as they were feeling the next one that came right after that turned out to be an incredible banger but i feel like fallout boy are obviously one of like the kingpins of like that emo pop punk crossover that we had for a second like I feel like that's what most people think of when they say emo they're gonna think about like Fall Out Boy they're gonna mention Fall Out Boy at some point cause like everybody remembers Sugar We're Going Down and Ramon in the Cork Tree like that got my emo chip activated <laughs> and I simply never went back but this the song's from an album from the album that came right before it um I don't know how this to your grave. Period. And I feel like that's a classic. Like, that's a really... That was my favorite. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. I also like Meeting with Your Girlfriend, even though you don't know Oh, my God. One. No, that's I do. That's in my car CD player right now. Oh, what's on me? <laughs> it's not that I don't... Re- well, I don't, like, remember anything on it, but, like, I do remember it exists, which most people won't even go back. Like, they... Like, if they even know about Take This For Your Game, I'm sh- great. I'm showing my age right now. They won't even know about, like, uh, Meeting with Your Girlfriend. Um... But yes, I felt like this song is like a quintessential Fall Out Boy song. Uh, every time you hear it, you literally have to sing along. Um, it's Saturday. Oh, I was going to get this. Okay. <laughs> but it looks like I'm still on my own. 
was in his songwriting bag. That's a talented ass nigga. And we can say this because we know officially on facts, <laughs> P. Wentz is black. Claiming. He's Jamaican. Period. That's your. P- I thought he was Cambodian for the longest time. You know what I understood? I understood. I feel like a lot of people thought he was like Asian or Hispanic yeah. or some kind. And I, it, was the, it was this flat hair, flat shiny hair. It was a hair in which he, he used to admit to like flat ironing the shit I out of. I saw the 3C at one point. Though. Yes, that was beautiful, that fro. Um, but yes, that's Ken, that's cousin, and that's like a god in these streets with this pen. And um, like I said, even though the album that comes after Take This to Your Grave goes big from in the court tree and he's in his back then, I feel like Saturday is like a quintessential sort of like pop punk song. It's just a lot of energy. It feels like literally the energy of Saturday waking up as a teenager and heading outside for the first time before noon so you can spend as much day, uh, much of the day in the streets with your friend as possible. Um, I even just looking at the video, they look young as fuck. I forget how young Patrick used to sound <laughs> before he put that bass in his voice. Yes. Um, but that's like, I think that's what I love about that album too. Like you can definitely, you can definitely tell they're a lot younger and they're like at the beginning of their journey and all the songs are still solid. Cause again, Pete was in his bag. Like, mm-hmm. um, also Patrick does flex on us a little bit with that run at the end. I'm not going to hit it. Cause I don't, I mean, they're just hollering the whole song. I mean, in the whole album really <laughs> there's a, there's melodies in there at some point but it's really a lot of hollering um but i i knew fallout boy was gonna be on my lineup because again yeah, i never I'm, got to see them. okay dude <laughs> i'm so lucky yeah that was my first uh emo concert i was 15 um i crowd surfed i lost my shoe uh it was amazing uh i think uh the other bands there were panic at the disco Period. and um the one that does Ohio for love is for lovers. Yeah, it was a good show though. Was that like right after From Under the Cork Tree? Yeah, they were turning that. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I'm living back here yeah. to sleep. Which I saw for the first time the mu- music video on Stevens and Tyler Rock Show on Fuse, um, and that's where I would go to study uh, music theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> music history. <laughs> um, first of all, shout out Stevens and Tyler Rock Show because I used to love catching that show after school, and I feel like yeah, like that was a place to go where you wanted to like figure out what what was lit and what was popping back in the gap I miss shows like that but yeah like I never got to see Fall Out Boy I was always wanted to so of course they're gonna be on my lineup and trying to figure out like the actual Fall Out Boy song I wanted to use was kind of like that was kind of interesting I had a lot I think I have at least a song on every album I don't even think Saturday is my favorite Fall Out Boy song I think mm. it's EXO there's one for every occasion you know truly for every feeling every emotion um, every spiral there's a Fall Out Boy song <laughs> and uh, I picked Saturday again because I feel like that is the quint- for me it's like the quintessential Fall Out Boy song if someone were to be like um, if someone were to be like yo introduce me to follow up boy you only got like one song i would play them that it's the one where they break the fourth wall right because he's like pete hey yeah he's like pete pete yeah. and i blah 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 yeah pete and i um it, i just think he wrote that yeah he was definitely <laughs> talking about himself like in his bag we're talking about metaphors and and themes like y'all not with my my guy here but yes that's my pick what's your next one mm. Okay, um, this next one, you know, I don't know if they ever went on warp Tour, so this is a dream, um, but they went on to uh, make the band fun, 
uh, F-U-N period. Mm. Uh, and then, like, they, so this was their first band before mm-hmm. the band fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with that guy, Jack, Jack Antonoff, who, like, uh, is married to Lena Dunham, I think, now. But he, like, produced for Taylor Swift. Anyways, years before they did that, and years before they were in fun, they had a band called The Format. Um... And the song I'm going to choose from the format is Tie the Rope. so fun it's really bright emo let's say um but they just sound like so different than to what they put out after they went to by the name fun you know i feel like that was their more mainstream stuff but i really liked the the emo before yeah i didn't even know like um they were fun or anything like that which goes to show how like deep some of these like emo bands are like these are like veterans we're talking about now like still mm-hmm. in the game like 303 has actually been writing a lot of songs and they still that we know there's songs that we know like they played it on tiktok like actually we wrote this song this song this song you just wouldn't know oh okay like actually, the guy from skrillex or the guy from uh <laughs> oh, what's his name sunny sunny uh, from first to Sonny Moore from from first to last yes why is that not on here Emily Emily has a song for your I didn't do that first of all good for 303 uh, because a lot of girls was not I feel like a lot of people weren't feeling them but I liked whatever I heard from them at the time I'm not your boyfriend baby I feel like they're almost around like they give like Kesha energy where the music was really just supposed to be fun they're just supposed to be fun I'm glad they're still getting that coin I mean it's white rap though it is that which song is Kesha? Yes. Oh, true. And yes. Um, but, like, yeah, a lot of them are veterans in the game. Like, even, I think a lot of them were prepped. A lot of some of these bands were prepped to, like, come back uh, in 2020 if it hadn't been for Corona. We know My Kim was about to go on tour and everything like that, which was so painful. Like, still hurting. Um, so, yeah, like, I love that. Like, it's so cute because people... I remember, you know, being really into it and people, like, calling it a phase and stuff like that. Like, none of this shit's gonna fly. This isn't real rock music. And it's like, nah, like... Mm. Niggas still rolling up deep. Like, people were ready to drop a stack on my Ken ticket. So I still, like, you know, we we still out here, period. Okay, so for my next song... Let's go, actually, let's just go right into it. Like, I, of course, am gonna have to talk about my Kim. We're doing two legends back to back. We're doing like the the OGs of the OGs of the OGs. My, I feel like my chemical romance. Um, I, I I like okay. So I think it's funny that people play into the my Kim versus Fall Out Boy thing all the time because they're like two wildly different bands with two very different yeah. styles, and they both are very cool with each other. Yeah, like why pit two bad bitches against each other? Like <laughs> Gerard, oh, Brandy, Gerard May and Pete Wentz are, are literally it's it's beautiful. And Patrick is in there too. Patrick is you're right. Patrick is a bad Actually, no, let's do singers, just singers. Let's okay, do voices. Okay. Vo- <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You got me together. Let's do voices. Ooh, voices. To, to brunette. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Um, I feel like I discovered Mike Kim and Fall Out Boyers around the same time. I feel like they toured together. They had to have. Oh, yeah, no, Warped. I mean, oh, you mean outside of Warped? I feel like they had to have. That was, whoever didn't do that was missing out on a bag. On a bag. <laughs> I do that right, and they did it right. Yes, I'm now. ready. And you know, Fall Out Boy would be 
touring forever. Ever. <laughs> I feel like at first I was like, huh. and they're going to be keep working with new people all the time. All the time. Basilia <laughs> Banks? Them and, <laughs> yeah. They'll be them and Lil Durk soon. Like, that <laughs> little Durk, I swear to God, if this comes true, we have to do like a bonus episode. I know. It was a pop show because they had the time. <sighs> Oh my god! And Pop Smoke would have done it too. I know I he had a bottle yes. boy era. I know he did. I know he did. Like R and P Pop Smoke, but yeah, like so I discovered them around the same time because obviously they were very close. They like toured with each other at least once, if not more than once. And but I feel like Mike Kim definitely had the long lasting impression on me. You remember we were doing karaoke and you knew all the Fall Out Boy hits and I knew all the oh, Mike Kim yes. hits. Yes, like literally. So you know we never gonna be lacking if we ever gotta do karaoke. That says a lot about us because. I feel like that I'm like the colorful emo you're like the goth emo yeah period <laughs> but I love both you know because sometimes you wear a little color I wear a little black period so. and I I like how you called it early like bright emo like emo was definitely like there were different like sub genres mm-hmm. of emo music it's like the roots of it yeah yeah because it was like literally it's supposed to span all of emotion that was the point um and then you're totally right I will be the goth emo love it here um so yeah it's definitely went down the my camera got all the bangers in this one isn't a isn't a banger actually it's from (laughs) it isn't one of what people would consider a banger because you know everybody loves like three cheers for sweet revenge like that's their blow up album hit this one came right before it again i'm showing my i'm showing my age and my my ass with it um so yeah this is actually i think definitively my favorite my comical romance song and i just it's one that i keep coming back gerard was in his bag if we're talking about pen okay if we're talking about Pen, we can do Gerard versus Pete because, like, listen, both of them. Well, it's different kinds of. No, no, no. I mean, not comparing, but just both of them have like an incredible pen. Like, yeah, yeah. how are you they really push. able? Yeah. Yes, push the penmanship is just not there anymore. Like, um, so they're so my Cam's like first album. Um, hold on. Let me let me make sure I know what that is. Or I don't remember what that is. So Mike Kim's first album, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. Kind of like their mixtape era, too. Like, I would put it on par with, like, An Evening With Your Girlfriend, because not a lot of people know about it. Um, and it was kind of like the production and everything is a lot different. You listen to it, and then you listen to Three, che- uh, three Cheers, and it's like, out of here. Um, so it's kind of very DIY. And I remember just really loving it. Like, that was the first album I started off with, actually. like I And then Sweet Cheers came out, like, shortly after that. I want to say a couple months. So I got a lot. I had some time to grow with this one, um, but it's Drowning Lessons by My Chemical Romance. Hmm. album the bits i don't think it's my favorite my cam album i think it's three cheers uh, mm-hmm. just for the novelty of it but it definitely had an impact on me and drowning lessons is my favorite it's just like because for me it's like okay it's multi-parts it's like gerard's it's a lyricism of course it's like a song about devotion and love and just like i'll do whatever it takes to be with you so gerard being dramatic it's like his his voice is just very like emotional and raw you could tell he was singing his ass off he hits a crazy run at the mm. end of the song he's staying with the run though. he love a run him and patrick like they love a with run. eyeliner and lipstick on ready to give you a show and I, <laughs> I love theater kids yes. <laughs> love 
like, sir, what were you going through? Um, but I loved, I live for Ollie because I love a stunt. I love, and Gerard's always going to give you that. And so I think we can all agree that even though it was never like the most technically skilled voice, it was definitely raw and it hit you like where it needed to. And so I'll be running, I'm in the car running, you know, these, these runs back with him, yelling <laughs> voice <laughs> with him, okay? Um, but yes, I feel like if anyone knows this deep cup, holla at me because like I want to be your friend. But um, that's like again the song I always come back to. That era is just cute and legendary before they were really ever shit. Um, and yeah, my chem's like a re- just again a really significant like part of the emo culture for me. I think if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have been deep into emo or gotten into it like very seriously. Um, them and Fall Out Boy for sure. I know my mom was tired of me hollering this uh, three cheers for revenge. All those songs Ooh, in her living room. Shut up. My mom was concerned. <laughs> I should have been expelled or something. <laughs> then the, that Three Days Grace song, it's like, I hate everything about you. Just, what? what were you going through? Emo. Yeah, like, I, hope, I hope it's all like that. that me too. I, of course, I'm of, of 
I'm of the mind, like, yes, I want to see more black girls doing this, more black girls on alternative rock. Like, Fifi Dobson is somewhere with a smile on her face. Yes. I really hope, she, like, I really hope she understands what she did for the game. Cause and I, for me alone, I want to look like that in the Don't Go video. <laughs> I, too, did my hair like that and had that pink shirt. Like, yes. I mean, just, I, I mean, maybe, oh, God, maybe I'm thinking too much, but if Willow did a song with her, I'd just be like, girl, you really love I mean, with Jada. Jada was in a metal band, too. I, I don't think they were very good, but Jada was in a metal band. Oh, great. I think, no, they were in on tours and stuff. I listened to some of their stuff, but mostly covers. But okay. they were, she was, Jada was she giving. She fire. I have not heard any songs, too. <laughs> Jada was giving. I don't know the about muscles. the muscles. Yes. Um, but yes, more black girls in alternative, more girls in alternative. sounds great. Music. She we sounds love perfect. Like, that support. is. I'd be bobbing the chair. Very soft. I'd be. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. No, Willow, really take us there, sis. Show your references. Yes. And it's like, oh my God, that actually, would, be would you define Avril as emo? She was too mainstream to be emo, really, was she? Because um, she was really pop. Because she, she was, was really selling pop. out stuff. Yeah, she was no, a for big, sure. A big star. Back oh, when, for like, sure. Back when pop stars could be like a variety oh, of different, and I didn't have to do like yeah, I know exactly. You could be like you could be like a pop rock star. Yeah. You could be a there pop space rap for her. star. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I would consider her emo. She always gave me personally. She gave me like more skater, like that intersection of like skater and grunge. It gave me like marketed for uh, girls. Like it was like sure. girl girly rock. Cause it was, I don't think if you were like a real respecting emo, not, and I feel bad saying this because oh, I love Avril Lavigne, but like, too. if you were like, oh yeah, I mean, if you identified as emo and you like went to warp Tour, I don't think you would actually like Avril Lavigne at the time. Cause it would be, back then you could not like popular things. <laughs> it was time. really bad. People to, like, would judge you. People would hard. judge you. And I think, or, you know, the communities you're trying to be in, they would judge you. They were very purist yeah, about yeah, what you listen to. Yeah, yeah. That's why they didn't really like, like Paramore or actually they didn't really like pop punk for a while either. Yeah. yeah. Pop punk was not popular. That was like, marketed for women who were entering the, the uh, rock crowd or whatever. Yeah, so, it, was, yeah. it would seem like a less, I remember it was like a lesser form or like yeah. a, a wimpy form of rock yeah. music. Like. Fall Boy and My Kim, they maybe had, uh, they as they got more popular, I would say their crowd got to be more female too. Oh no, know. absolutely. Yeah. That was why they got more popular, I yeah. feel like. Um, shit, everyone I knew who was in the, mostly everyone I knew who yeah. was in Fall Boy or yeah. My Kim at the time were women. Um, but yeah, like again, I love. Um, I didn't know about like something corporate. Like again, I love just veterans in the game, like literally sticking around and like because like it's just talent is talent. Like however you felt about the music at the time, these were like musicians who had been in bands several times before. Like their their pop punk or their emo band popped, and so it's nice to know that they didn't just go away. Like at the end of it, like some of them are like, yeah, oh, boy, still touring. Find new projects to be a part right. of, and, and still be getting that money. Like fun is still getting them checks because I do be playing paid. that one song. Fun is paid. I do be playing that one song with Janelle. I do. That's the one song. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay, okay. Um, that was a good one, dude. I'm I'm learning so much history there. Like you're an emo historian because <laughs> I literally was just pressing play. Like I wasn't really <laughs> like. So I love that. Um, yeah. So then. I, 
I feel good about my plays. You bringing that up makes me feel good about my playlist because it has been mostly sort of like the mainstream faces of emo and pop punk. But them, them was a girl who were giving. Them some girls who were giving, and they were facing a lot of the the, the bullshit. So I feel like I'm a I'm a shut them out. And keeping that in mind, I'm gonna end with Paramore. Uh, <laughs> we, because we you know we had a little Haley moment, and we can just circle right the fuck back because we're again talking about pushing pen mm. and voice, pen and vo- P and V singing, singing, trained voice, like, and it's been in the game for so long, like like you said, since sem- at least since seventeen when they started like doing their really big tours. Um, so this it's wild to think of that. I know. I know. And I'm, I'm glad if anyone survived through that. Because, you know, Paramore did have, like, a little moment where they're having, like, weird band shit. focus. Um, if you could just, like, be focused on one thing damn. forever, like, since you were a kid, that's so Yeah. Powerful. And to know that, it, like, that's what I meant to do. Like, this is my gift that I can use. Like, Haley Williams is absolutely one of those people who's doing what she was meant. You feel yeah. like she's what she was yeah. meant to do. It's so yeah. inspiring to see. And to see her grow and, like, her solo projects and everything since then. Like, damn, you really became a woman with us. Like, shout out, sis. Okay. Um, a voice that is a voice again for the ages so this one this one was like really this isn't like of their kind of like emo pop punk phase it definitely comes a lot after it um actually people would consider this more in their pop wheel it is one of their most it's for the later albums yeah it's it is one of their most popular songs I'll say that but again I'm I'm doing that because I can um it's ain't it fun or crush 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 you know the oldies the ogs ain't it fun is one of my favorite paramore songs and i am actually blasphemous in that i feel like i started liking their music a lot later like after the first album after riot i love riot like second no album. no shade a second album that's her second album uh-huh what's her first all we know is falling oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. my favorite album i was like that oh, <laughs> that's the one that she was doing at warp tour when i saw her oh okay shit so the first one yeah come on historian right right is great it's just misery business is not yeah and you know Haley would say the same thing it is like i like it would say the same thing i just don't know why that's the favorite off i mean i guess it was the single but it was the leading one yeah it was the first time i think anyone i first time i saw them i don't know maybe for because that first album y'all were already in the know oh yeah but (laughs) misery business was not that girl and i think Haley growing up giving a giving like getting a good 13 years of experience on her from when she wrote that she would definitely say the same thing like when i hear it i'll still bop but like she was hating hella hard and Beyonce doesn't sing cater to you anymore that's too much work yeah all that stuff she was promising. Right. She a grown-ass woman. I know she'd be Put late. What's your do-rag <laughs> Like you say all the time. We both went to work today. Who gonna put my bonnet on? <laughs> I think about that all the time now you say that. Tie your do-rag. Because you're right. Who gonna put my bonnet on? Okay. Um, if, if you pay all the bills, yeah, I'll put your do-rag on. Maybe that was it. Maybe it, <laughs> her bills. Maybe. It was the answer to can you pay my bills. He said yes. Yes, and that's what she got. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's gotta be it. Even though they didn't mention it, I wish he said, you know, all my bills just pay. Maybe my clarinet Bills. 
interesting to be so to even have a career that you can circle back on songs that you wrote when you were seventeen and be like, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I, don't I, don't that. I don't have to perform that because they don't even have to go back to right now when they when they tour. They, and they they have transformed so much, but still. They still sound good. Like, it doesn't sound like Haley, or their sound still sounds authentic to them. Mm-hmm. So I understand, you know, the progression of time, mm-hmm. how they've progressed it's as artists. Like you know, they had, like, a lineup switch around, but uh, yeah, the group is still sounds really it's good. It's still solid. It's good music. It's different than what it was, but it's still good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm never, I've never been the fan who's like, oh, I wish yeah, they would do stuff. old stuff. Yeah. yeah. I want artists that I love to expand, and I want, or to grow, and I I, I hope as a as a fan as a consumer that I get to be witness to that through their music. Can you imagine if Beyonce made? I mean, actually, I can, but can you, but if you can imagine if she made Dangerously a Love like six times, I, it would still bang. But it, like like Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I'm selling you the same album. Album, and they be longer. I'm a little bit. Yeah, the Chris Brown yeah. albums be longer every time. <laughs> they be like sixty. It's gonna be songs. It's gonna be ninety songs the next time he drops, and I'm not gonna listen to it like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Ariana. I mean, the voice, the voice. I always feel like the songwriting is not. It's always a yeah or something. Yeah, I feel like the songwriting. And it's, you, can, I feel like you can almost tell when Victoria Monet writes for her because it's like. Bitter. Well, it's also like her. The structure of the songs haven't changed. Like, the, the production hasn't changed, really. Like it's kind of really works It's still them. the same kind of, uh, instru- like, fake instruments, right? They're not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like higher band, like... There's a Pharrell beat somewhere there, not in somewhere in there. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, she's like, like, bring it up, though. Like, she loves Celine Dion. Like, get it. Let's go to Rena. Let's do give this. Us, yes, give us a mature, like, a ballad. Yeah. Um... If she really wanted, I mean, I know she really loves, like, um, I feel like part of what it is for me is that I can very much tell her influence from, like, 90s R&B very clearly, because that's the shit I grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, like, it has a shift a lot, and she can give us so much more, because that voice is crazy. Um, but, but yeah, just as an example, like, I don't want artists, if they, if they want to, and that's what they want to do, and it's still making them money, good for them, but I always want the artists I love to grow and be able to support that however I can. So to see, like, again veterans in the game and still coming out and doing something different and still making money because that's talent we love to see it okay um i think that was my fourth one yes okay yeah um so uh it's like one of my favorite bands that i can't even listen to anymore mm. but <laughs> during the time r.i.p mm-hmm. was brand new um, and it, can't you listen? Well, it turns out Jace, Jesse Lacey was like abusing fifteen year olds. Oh so fuck! Like, okay, I didn't know about that. Doing we can weird that shit. Up, and I think that I think that that was a long time known thing. Um, like an industry secret. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It, like it just broke or something. Um. So he was in. He was in the band. I guess we got to get into it because I don't know anything about this. Jesse Jesse Lacey was originally the basis for Taking Back Sunday, but. I think there was like some beef over a woman with him and Adam Lazar or something. Mm. So, well, they have two albums that are like in conversation with each other because they had this beef. Um, what? That's petty <laughs> and beautiful. Do you remember which albums? Uh, your favorite weapon and probably. That's like a little gay writing a whole album <laughs> just to be <laughs> Probably where you want to be, but I could be wrong. But yeah, they had two albums where they like both in one of the refrains of one of their songs, they're like, you know, saying something mean to the other, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love this. But 
yeah. So the, the band I want to choose is Take Me Back Sunday, who, you know, I love. I love Take Me Back Sunday. Uh, one of my favorite karaoke uh, <laughs> um, choices. Exactly. Um, and the song I'm going to do is A Decade Under the Influence. So they have to repeat it. Repeat it. <laughs> it's it's line, line, you have to whine it and repeat it. So they meant it. Meant it. Wanted you to hear it. Because um, <laughs> I meant it. <laughs> that was our that was our faithful um, our ideal war tour lineup. This was really cute. I think you put me on to some OOGs. Make sure to keep an eye out for the playlist on Spotify just mm-hmm. to keep up with all of our picks. Um, and keep up with us too on Instagram and email VenusFMPod on Instagram and VenusFMPod at Gmail. Bye, bitches. Bye.